When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business, especially in today's economy. But over 31,000 businesses do know their numbers because they use NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, planning, budgeting, and inventory, so you can manage risk and improve margins. Everything you need, all in one place. See why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system. Right now, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash offer. netsuite.com slash offer. Hello, movie lovers. This is John DeGorio, as your host, as always, for Movie Lovers Tonight. Welcome to the best damn movie-related show here on the podcast. And I just want to go on ahead and talk about a couple of things that I messed up on when I was actually talking about the Hall H panel. First thing is first. I like spy movies. I like different kinds of stuff and things like that. Also, one of the Natalie Portman movies that I actually liked was V for Vendetta. That was actually one of the best movies that I think that she came out with besides The Professional, which The Professional came out in the 90s, and she was actually just a little girl during that time. But I liked The Professional about an assassin who's a professional at killing people, and I actually liked that movie. Um, But there's something that I want to actually talk about. Number one, I want to get to the Vision and Scarlet Witch stuff that I didn't really touch base on too much on what I wanted to speculate on. Another thing, too, is I actually made a mistake on Vision's name, too. I actually called him a different name instead of Vision. That was my fault on that part. Another thing, too, is I called uh, Taskmaster another name, too. Well, not another name, but I actually got his origin story mixed up with another character, which is not hard to do when you're looking at over 200-and-something characters in the MCU and Marvel comics. So it's not really hard to do to actually mess up on that. And I also forgot to mention the what-if storyline, too, that they want to do. That's actually not going to be canon part of the uh, MCU part, because the... What if stuff was always separate from the actual canon stuff? So I want to get into the nitty gritty for that. I also want to get into about Natalie Portman as Thor, as well as the Black Widow movie itself as a whole. So with that being said, let's go on ahead and get this thing started. So as everybody knows, Natalie Portman is going to be Thor. She's going to be in Thor Love and Thunder. Here's the thing. As mentioned before in the Hall H panel part... Of my episode, I actually liked the idea of Thor Love and Thunder. To me, it reminds me of an 80s Megadeth album. And I could just picture the cover of the whole entire movie poster uh, being like an 80s throwback, especially if you look at that logo. That reminds me of an 80s retro type of feel to it. Even with Thor Ragnarok, it reminds you of a couple of little bit of a feel to it, the 80s and everything else, especially the Led Zeppelin stuff from the 70s. But still, you can actually feel the 80s retro stuff within the movie itself. If you look at how trippy the colors were, the Jeff Goldblum stuff, and things like that. But, anyways, I'm not here to discuss Thor, Rad, and Rock or anything like that. I want to discuss a little bit more in detail about why I think that Natalie Portman isn't really the right fit for this, for the upcoming Thor movie itself. Because I really feel like I missed the mark on that where I didn't really go into detail about as to why I don't think she's the right fit. I just planned out said that I don't think she's the right fit. Now, here's the thing. If you look at the first two Thor movies and everything, 
they and you look at the chemistry between Thor and Natalie Portman's char- character Jane, and you look at those two movies, the chemistry to me never really worked out between Thor and Natalie Portman. That's just my own personal opinion. That's all, only what I think because of the fact that I didn't feel any type of chemistry between them. Not only that, but I feel like the writing it to itself, whenever you're writing into the Thor and Jane character itself, has also fell flat. But here's the thing. When I think where actors and actresses will actually try and work with the script the best they can and actually come out on top sometimes with the script that they are, that they are giving... But it seems like to me, and then, like I said, this is my own opinion, is the fact that I feel like she didn't really try hard enough to actually give the character what it needed to be given. And not only that, but she said it herself that she's not even interested in even doing another comic book type of movie or anything. And I know that she's an Academy Award winning actress. I give her credit for that. I give her props for that. Before Black Swan, even though I didn't care for the Black Swan movie itself and stuff like that, I just didn't care for her in that movie. I liked her in V for Vendetta, I liked her in The Professional, but as far as the Jane character itself, I never really cared for the Jane character. And I'm not the only person, I'm not, I yeah, I'm a male. But there's other female pe- females too that actually don't like the chemistry, didn't feel any chemistry between... Thor, and also Natalie Portman's character, Jane. And that's just the way it is. That's the way I look at it and everything. I cannot change my mind on that at all. I'm just being honest. I'm being 100% honest. I can't... And here's the thing that I want to actually go over, too, is the fact that... You see, my job isn't to say the things you'll agree with. My job is to give my opinion and give reasons in context for my opinion so that you can hopefully have a better understanding of why you agree with me or you give a contentual a contentual re, uh, as to why I don't and to hopefully better understand how and why you disagree with me I'm interested in us ex, us expanding our understanding of our own and other points of view I'm not interested in your in your agreement and here's why I find the critics that I like the most are the ones that I disagree with because of the fact that I don't want to agree on... What's the fun in actually listening to everything that someone else agrees on? Because you have your standpoints and I have my standpoints and they're both equally the same. What's the fun in that? Because you want to actually have some type of ground to where you can actually have a friendly debate amongst each other and how can you do that if you agree with everything that somebody says. And that's just my own personal take on it. You can actually debate on that yourselves or whatever on what you think. But let me go on hand and get back on the whole entire Thorn Jane thing. Is the fact, look, you have to look at this. Number one, I am excited for another Thor movie. Check, I'm going to check off my box on that. I love the love. Uh, I love the title for Love and Thunder. I like that. I like Taika Waititi's coming back. I like Jeff Goldblum's coming back. And everything else. I know it seems like that I'm kind of being sexist and everything, but I'm not. It's just that I'm excited for those characters to be able to come back. 
And I want the Jane character to be good. I really want the Jane character to have its depth, have its layers, have everything that you want in the character. But for me, I'm just not sold as Nat- with Natalie Portman as Jane again. I feel like that Anne Hathaway would have been a better choice to re- just recast the Jane character itself rather than to just write the character out because of the fact Natalie Portman didn't even want to be in the other Thor movies or anything like that. Now, here's another thing, too, that I feel like that needs to be addressed. Now, when, in the comics, Jane Foster does end up being, um, winds up being Thor, but her character is not actually Thor. It's Jane Foster as Thor, as a female Thor. And after, this is what happens. After the events of the origin of, Original Sin, Thor's hammer isn't worthy of of Thor anymore. So therefore he finds so therefore the hammer finds Natalie Portman, which is Jane, and she turns her into Thor, who and by the way, Jane also has cancer. Therefore she winds up um the hammer winds up finding her, she winds up being bulk up and then she's Thor again because she she's Thor because of the fact the hammer found her to be worthy to carry the hammer. As for Thor, he's not worthy of it anymore. And here's another thing. The comics had a slow build of who she is. And I'm hoping that this is what they do. I'm hoping that there's a slow build up to the whole entire thing about how she becomes Thor. Because if she's just thrown in there for that, I don't really want to see a movie where she's, bam, she's Jane Foster. She's actually the new uh, version of what Thor is. And another thing, too, is, let's say, for example, that I have another host. And let's say my my podcast name was the John DeGorio Show. And let's say that a guy named Bob comes in and takes my spot on the show. Now, does that show now becomes Bob's movie channel or movie podcast? No. It's still the John DeGorio movie podcast, but there's no no changing in the name. And Thor is not just a title. He's a character. He's a person. He's what brings people to want to watch the movies. And to me, I think they actually I think there needs to be a better way to actually present it and everything in my own personal opinion. But I'm excited for a Thor movie and stuff like that. It's just certain directions on how I see certain things are going and stuff like that. It makes me kind of underwhelmed. But, like I said, I just, I'm excited and everything. Another thing, another example is, too, Cap also wield the hammer. So does that also become Steve Rogers as the Thor? As Thor? No, he's still Steve Rogers. He's still Captain America and everything. So that's the way I look at it. So, and then there's also another thing I actually want to discuss, too, is the whole Vision and Black Widow move, uh, TV show. Now, this is actually going to take place after the events of what happened with Endgame. They didn't really focus on her and everything on the layers of what, she, what she's going through. She lost Vision, one of her deepest loves of her life. She actually felt a connection with, and now he's gone because of Thanos. And based off in the comics, like I said, she makes up her own world, her own mind. And in her mind, he's still, she's still alive. He, I mean, he's still alive. And so what Doctor Strange has to do is, because she's in this turmoil 
of thinking that he's alive and makes up her own universe. He has to go into her head and tear her world apart and said, well, this person died because of you. This person died because of you. This outcome was because of you and destroy her world and take piece by piece destroying the world that she had created in her own head. Now, what I'm thinking that they're going to do, this is just me speculating, there's no, there's nothing in writing that says this is going to, what, there's a coming soon doc. Nat didn't say this or anything, this is just me saying this. I think that she's going to become depressed over the loss of Vision. She's going to be in total denial of what happened to Vision. In her own mind, she's probably going to see Vision's of Vision. I know that's kind of a double take, but I think in her own mind, she's going to have this universe where Vision is still alive. Tony's still alive. Cap is still young. He's not old. That looks like, um, well, he's still old. (laughs) I had a brain fart for there for a minute, but either way it goes, Clint Eastwood, that's the name I was thinking of. He, He doesn't look like Clint Eastwood when as being old. He's Steve Rogers when he was younger and everything. So, anyways, I think that that's when Doctor Strange is going to come in and actually go into her head and dissect each thing that she's thinking of and tear her world apart. Otherwise, she's going to be this big, huge, powerful being that's pretty much like a phoenix. And we saw how well that went with Phoenix. I'm not talking about the movie itself. I'm talking about with her powers and how overpowered she is and how her powers pretty much overrun everything to where the characters pretty much die. And that's pretty much what Doctor Strange has to do is go into her head and tear her world the whole apart and everything because of what happened. So that's how I'm looking at that aspect with Vision. To me, it makes more sense, more logical. But then again, I'm not the writers for the movie or anything like that. That's just me thinking about it. But I like where they're going with this. This is a continuation of what this, char- what this character is going through with Scarlet Witch. She's going to have levels of depth and layers to where I want to see. And that's what I'm excited about the most is the layers that they're going to give her. Because she's going to go through some powerful stuff in that whole entire segment. Now I'm going to go through the Black Widow stuff. Now here's the thing. I love spy movies. I like Captain America, The Winter Soldier. I like James Bond movies and stuff like that. But let me be honest with you about something. If you look at female spy movies, they're over-sexualized. And they're pretty much... Just a uh, woman in skimpy clothes gets what she wants. And granted, Bond pretty much did the same thing too. And stuff like that. But as time went on with the Bond films, even in 007 GoldenEye, the main love interest calls him out. Even M calls him out on his stuff. Calling him a womanizer and everything else. And then finally we get Casino Royale, where you actually have some depth to James Bond, where he's not just sleeping with random girls anymore. He falls in love with somebody and has a common interest in. So that's actually something I liked with this new James Bond stuff that they're doing, is the fact that they're actually giving him a love interest that's not just a one-night stand just to get something that they want. Now, let's go in with the female spy stuff. Let's. I'm going to use Atomic Blonde, for example. She's... She's in these, in this lingerie. She cracks the guy's neck. She sleeps with him. Then she goes over to the next person. Two, 
and she sleeps with another person. To me, there was no layers. To, there was no layers to that movie. It was one single character doing one single thing. The stunts look kind of cool. I like the little music numbers and everything. After a while, though, I got burnt out on the music numbers that they were doing. But as for itself, I didn't care for it as a movie. I want a good female spy movie for a change. That's actually going to give me some type of feel to it. And that's what I'm looking for. With Black Widow, on the other hand, Black Widow is dead. If you haven't seen Endgame, Black Widow is dead. This is going to be a prequel story that takes place in Bampodipest. I feel like this. Why are you going to start Phase 4 with a character that's already dead? Unless... The villain, which is Taskmaster, who can mimic other people's movements and everything to take down the enemy that he has because he has a photographic memory of their movements. Just like how Tony Stark was able to mimic Captain America's moves and take him down. That's exactly the same stuff that Taskmaster is doing as well. But, anyways, uh, unless they're going to use Taskmaster as the main focus for Phase 4 to try and get... The ball moving to where these other uh, characters actually have to face off against Taskmaster. That uh, that's what I'm thinking because we also have. Don't forget, we still have Hawkeye, and I and I'm thinking maybe maybe Taskmaster goes after Hawkeye or something along that end. If that's what happens, I'm okay with that because that's actually cause and effect for every action you do. There's a, an effect that comes with it, and I like that. I like if they do stuff like that. Like I said, this is just speculation. This is not 100% in writing. This is just me viewing something that I actually think that's going to happen, which I don't think that, which I'm not the writer. And I'm, once I see this movie, once I see the shows, all my theories are going to be left at the do- door, and I'm going to actually watch what they have and everything, because my theories don't measure up to a squat with the writers have. And I'm not going to end up being angry over the writers because something I thought in my head didn't go the way that I thought. Because that would be messed up. And so anyways, I also like the idea of a Loki movie and the way that they're going to, a TV show, is the fact that he took the Tesseractor and he disappears on Endgame. Therefore, Loki is still alive. There's cause and effect with that because of the events that took place when Tony was trying to take the Tesseractor and everything. So there's a cause and effect with that. So I like that aspect. So... That's just my little things that I wanted to go over that I messed up on the Hall H panel with. And I also didn't feel like I explained myself when I was talking about the female roles. Because here's the thing. I think it's really degrading and everything about what's going on in Hollywood all with all the sexual harassment stuff that's been going on. When you have the Weinstein Company uh, sexually harassing actresses and everything else. And even the whole entire sex investigations with... Kevin Spacey, and and he was found innocent and everything. And you know what I say? I say innocent until proven, uh, guilty until proven, proven innocent. And he was found innocent, so therefore he's an innocent person. That's the way I look at it. Because, But like I said, I'm not, here's the thing. I'm not a jury. I don't know what happened or anything like that. But here's the thing. When it comes to sexual harassment, when it comes to certain things, the way women get treated in Hollywood is disgraceful. As a matter of fact, there's there's a lot of female uh, directors that I actually look up to. Patty Jenkins, I love 
the way that she directs. She directed Wonder Woman. She even directed a movie called Monster with Christina Ricci that I thought that was really excellent because the main character is based off a true story. And the main character has so many layers to her and everything. Oh my god, even Christina Ricci. You're wondering how Christina Ricci is going to get out of this whole entire situation where she can actually break free from this woman and everything because she's also dragging her down. And not put, picking her up and everything. Because not only that, but the but in Monster, you have this woman who's actually sleeping with men and also killing them to take their money. And takes their money and then they go out on the run. So you're wondering the whole entire time, how is this even going to end? That's what I, and I like Patty Jenkins. I like her style. I like her direction. Then Lexi Alexander is also another good director that I actually like. You know, uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. I Punisher Warzone. She did a, she did an okay job on it. I mean, it's not like the best Punisher movie there is, but I can actually appreciate what she tried to do with something, and that's a lot to say about a female director and stuff like that. When a studio actually hands you a franchise that hasn't really been going that well. Because at that time, Thomas Jane played the Punisher. I loved Thomas Jane during that time as the Punisher versus her version. But I can give her props for actually trying to do something new, something fresh that we haven't seen before from a Punisher movie, including the Dolph Lundgren version of it. Because let's just face it, the Dolph Lundgren thing didn't, doesn't, is not even that great. To me, the Punisher will be John Bernthal. John Bernthal is my favorite Punisher. He played on The Walking Dead. He played Shane. He added layers and depth to that character to where I believe that he was Frank Castle. But with that being said, you know, there needs to be more uh, more people, more females directing. And I believe that we're actually going to be in a wave to where we are actually going to get more females directing movies now. Because Patty Jenkins opened the, and paved the way after Wonder Woman for females to actually, for women, to go and make other movies and stuff like that. Even independent projects. I root for independent movies. I'm an indie fan when it comes to independent projects and stuff like that. Some of them are hit and miss. Some of them are good. Some of them are terrible. Like I said, they're hit and miss. But I'm, I always appreciate when directors, female directors at that, takes their time to make a movie that we think that we might enjoy. Even men, male directors too. But I'm focusing my main focus on women in general because women needs to... They're, here's the thing. They're afraid that they're going to end up being sexually harassed because of the fact of how men actually treat, their, treat women inside the movie industry. And it's a disgrace. They shouldn't be treated like that. They should be equal to how they're being treated. How men are being treated in the film industry and everything, and it's not fair because they have to break their backs to make a movie and everything and beg the studios to make a movie, and it's not right. This should be the same rights that a man has. And yes, I believe a woman can just do a, a just as damn good job than a man can, and that's just my whole entire take. I believe a woman can do ten times better than what a man can do because here's the thing. I've been, like, for example... I went into heating and air conditioning, and there was like one girl that was in the class. Let me tell you something. This girl can take a wire, wi- uh, unhook 
the air conditioning unit and put all the stuff back in the way it needed to be put in. Not only that, but she can also take the Freon out, vacuum the Freon and everything else. She was a machine when it came to that. And you know what? She was a force to be reckoned with. Nobody messed with her. She knew what she was doing. No, and guess what? Us men look up to her because of the fact that she, we were learning from her. Because there might be, there's something that we didn't know uh, and everything. And she was actually telling us something new. So we can actually learn from a different perspective and everything. That's the way I'm looking at it. You can take it for what it is. But that's my own personal take on how I feel about all this news and stuff like that and the sexual harassments, as well as the James Bond stuff, Black Widow, and I'm excited, like I said, with the Vision stuff and Thor. So, tell me what you guys think of this whole entire topic. Because I like to know what you guys think here, because it's not just about me, it's about you. I like to know what you guys think, because I like to get your mind going. I like to know what you guys are feeling and stuff like that, too. Because it's not just my opinions I'm interested in. It's your feelings, too, that I'm interested in. And I'm always up for a good debate. And stuff like that. I'm always... um, I'm all for people challenging me to do a better job with my podcast and stuff like that. And make me question things. And you know what? I've been marinating on this for a little bit. Wondering if I should go back and do this whole entire thing about the Hall H panel that I messed up on. And you know what? I'm glad that I went on ahead and I marinated on, a, on this a little bit and I gave it some thought and I decided, hey, why not? Let me try this out again. And I hope that you guys enjoy this segment and I hope that you guys come back for more. So, and tomorrow I'm going to have a non-spoiler review, which there's not much to spoil if you saw the animated version of The Lion King. But there's going to be a non-spoiler version of The Lion King and hopefully I can feel the love tonight. If not, it's good. If I don't feel no love, then the chances is the movie's not going to be great. So, I'm hoping that this movie, the live-action Lion King, is actually be good. I like John Favreau as a director. So, this is John DeGorio signing off for the night. And I hope you guys have a good night. Bye.